0: you're listening to the quince
1: podcast
0: so my first question is that along with west bengal kerala is one of the last few left bastions left in india for a beginner's guide on kerala politics if you had to compare the kerala politics to a sport what would that be
1: to, I mean, to compare with the Kerala politics, with the sports, more I would like to compare with tennis if you go by the, if you go by okay. the strict uh, electoral trends. I would like to say that uh, at the moment it is Advantage Penarai or, or okay. Advantage CDI.
0: That was Mr. KP Saitunath, a senior journalist, the former bureau chief for the Deccan Chronicle, and my guest for today's episode. With just five days left for Kerala to head to its first and only phase of assembly polls, the complexity and significance of the state election are not understood by many. Today's episode intends to eradicate this confusion. For the past four decades, Kerala has witnessed only anti-incumbency when it comes to the government. The baton has been passing since 1982 between the Communist Party of India, or CPIM, which leads the Left Democratic Front, also known as LDF, and the other party, which is the Congress-led United Democratic Front, or UDF. And Kerala is not completely unique to this trend. Its neighbour, Tamil Nadu, had the same trend for 32 years until former Chief Minister Jail Aleta broke the trend in 2016 by winning consecutive elections. Rajasthan too has been alternatively electing Congress and Bharatiya Janta Party governments since 1993. But what makes Kerala different is that even though CPIM and the Congress are the major parties in these two fronts, both hold a combined vote share of just over 50%, and this is due to multiple alliances that these parties have. Alliances matter a lot in Kerala, and unlike in Tamil Nadu, where the two major parties, DMK and AIA-DMK, perform better than their alliance partners, both CPIM and the Congress in Kerala are equally vulnerable to losing against smaller allies as well and Kerala is seeing another trend right now. Surveys have projected that the current Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan may just come back to power in the forthcoming elections on 6 April. And as Mr. Setunath said, Kerala politics can be described like a game of tennis. So let's see how this tennis match between the LDF and the UDF is going so far and how other players on both sides of the court are faring so far. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you and I'm your host, Emmat. I want to carry forward this tennis ideology that you said, uh, said earlier in the interview, where Kerala politics is now could be considered to tennis. Given tennis is like a, an individual sport, who are the major players in this election? What should we know about them? Who are like the two? The only player
1: at present is the present Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan. So he's just playing he the match is the, himself. He, he, yeah. he, is, he is, in fact, being called as captain okay yeah, ldf so he is the captain so in a tennis, he, in a so tennis. ldf it is Pinarai and only Pinarai. and okay. the rest of the thing the for the udf or as well as the bjp the only target of attack is uh, Pinarai okay. vijay okay so uh, so they, that, that is another very important thing in the, in the elections of kerala because mm-hmm. we never had this kind of a system of of of, uh, of one personality is being mm-hmm. elevated to such a supreme position, mm-hmm. especially with the communist parties. Because mm-hmm. communist parties always prided themselves as a kind of a collective leadership where the individual mm-hmm. is always being relegated, relegated to the collective leadership of the party or the, or the mm-hmm. individual will is always being subjugated by the collective. Mm-hmm. But uh, that kind of a tradition has been given a kind of a passe. And the Pinraj Vijay is uh, is is all the way from. So even the entire the, the publicity material. If you look at the posters, mm-hmm. if you look at the banners, and if you look at the musicals or audio visuals, everything is centered around mm-hmm. Pinraj Vijay. And as far as the left is concerned, so he is the uh, he is the player in. Okay. For the opposition, the target of attack is completely on Pinraj Vijay. His uh, mm-hmm. authoritarian personality or his uh, uh, lack of uh, respect for um, other mm-hmm. uh, other people in the party and all kinds of things is against. Mm-hmm. So everything is everything in Kerala has become Pinarayi centric. I mean, it is something. Uh, so it's it one can, man feeling just balls from every on, every. Con- every, every, con- every yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
0: So, what should we know about Pranayar Vijay? Like, who? If you had to describe him. Just yes, and, and yeah. bullet points itself, what would be like the key facts that people need to know before understanding Kerala politics or even looking at TV screens? Like, uh, okay, this is a person I, who is the main player and the, the captain, according to you, in,
1: in the tennis match. So, what should we <laughs> know about it's him? Not, it's not me saying it is the LDM supporters that are saying, <laughs> Captain. Anyway, Penaray Vijayan, as a politician, is um, very well known because he is one of those. Uh, politicians in the CPM, very hardcore party creator. Mm-hmm. He started his uh, party life uh, way back in his student days mm-hmm. and he had been sufficiently experienced in parliamentary politics, I think. He became an MLA uh, for the first time way back in 1970 when he was hardly in his uh, 24 or 25 years of age. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, is, uh, he belongs to the district of Kanoor, which mm-hmm. is uh, very famous for very, very militant to uh, a peasant movement and uh, all these things during the pre-independent mm-hmm. days and that is how the communist party in, in fact the communist party in kerala was formed in a place very close to the village of Vijayan. and uh, so he is a very very seasoned politician and he is also mm-hmm. having the reputation of being a very hardcore party organization man he had been to the, he was the CPM uh, state secretary for I think nearly 17 years.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, he, he he was uh, known as a kind of a very taskmaster mm-hmm. without any compromise on party positions. And uh, mm-hmm. he's also one leader who is not very, very, very media savvy. I know he is not one of those guys who will go and uh, pally pally with the media people and all these mm-hmm. things. So He's, and somebody says that, especially the media says that he is one of those guys who is hostile to the media. I mean, and that is another thing. But as a as the chief minister, of course, his supporters say that he is he is the most decisive chief minister uh, of Kerala mm-hmm. in the recent past, and he has taken a lot of things. I mean, I don't know about much about uh, I mean, much about his achievements as the chief minister. But there is, mm-hmm. he has brought a kind of sense of purpose in the state administration during Mm -hmm. the last five years and uh, especially the way he had handled that uh, the flood situation two major floods Mm -hmm. has happened in kerala in 2018 and 2019 and then of course this covid handling the this pandemic handling Mm -hmm. what he said i mean what he did was that it is some something in this kind of what do you call a disaster kind of a situation where a single point of information is there. This guy comes in the evening and say that, okay, this is happened. This much people had been infected Mm -hmm. with the virus. And this is the this much people have uh, recovered. So Mm. although it has become repetitive, or although it has become a kind of a personal propaganda for him, there is some kind of a, Mm. okay, we have the people are having an idea, okay, this is happening in the state. So similarly, mm. on the t- at the time of the flood also, I mean, he came and addressed so at least some of those, uh, I mean, I have spoken to some of those uh, people in the, uh, from the army who has uh, worked for a disaster management mm. in Kerala during the uh, flood time. And they said to us that one good thing about the government's uh, state government's uh, response to the flood was that they have a single command of information with the chief minister's office. So anything unlike in other states where nobody will be having any idea where to go, what to go, mm-hmm. do, and all these things. But uh, he has brought a kind of a, what do you call a systems and practices which okay. was very very helpful in a, what do you call S O P standard operating mm, principles standard yeah. that uh, uh, that 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 become quite handy in this kind of emergency situation.
0: There's a very public chain of command that people know. Okay, this this is being followed. Who to follow? to get what and exactly that is also quite surprisingly different from any other state that we have seen so far in India. where The chief minister is very actively uh, prominent, like the only other state which I can think of just from the top of my mind is uh, Maharashtra where Odhav Thakre is very, very prominently in the front of of the public or in the media telling what to do and what not to do as such compared to other states as such. That's also quite surprising. because I think not, not a lot of people, I think, are aware also that Kerala has the same who's so active in politics or just public debate as such. And my second question is, how important does the role of religion or caste play in politics in the state? Like Kerala's neighbor Tamil, and Tamil Nadu, caste and religion plays a very uh, like a very dynamic role in how po- the parties also function and how, how parties also distinguish themselves
1: as well. So how important is religion in Kerala and what role does it play? Compared with the other Indian states, uh, in, in other Indian states, religion and caste used to play a very subdued role in determining the politics in Kerala. I mean, I'm not saying that the religion and caste were, caste are not relevant in Kerala's politics. They were relevant, but they they always had a kind of a what do you call a kind of a secondary role. In you know, the primary role, always used to be the political the political narrative. Mm-hmm. The, the, the caste and the religious element was always uh, was always concealed within this kind of a uh, kind of a political narrative. But we all know that the religion and the caste has played a role in Kerala's politics throughout. I mean that's, that I mean the primary responsibility for bringing the religion and caste politics or the caste forces into a significant role in politics, goes back to the Congress. Because when the 1957, the first elections after the formation of Kerala, uh, when the Communist Party came to power, the Congress was instrumental in unleashing a popular agitation against the elected communist government with the support of the religious forces, especially the Christian church and the the upper caste and higher community. So these were the two main forces which was in the forefront of mm. uh, the uh, popular agitation which used to be called the liberation struggle against the mm-hmm. communist government and that has led to the union government to dismiss mm-hmm. the communist government uh, using that uh, article uh, government of India so that is mm-hmm. that is one thing uh, which which has brought a kind of a new respectability to the religion and the uh, caste forces to the politics but even then even then it remained a kind of a subdued it remained in the background nobody used to go and uh, announce it upfront that we are so and we are so i mean okay. we, are, we are from this religion or that caste, so we are going but of late what has happened as, as 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 i say that the 1957 was a dis- i mean after the communists came to power, this was a decisive moment. And now another decisive moment has happened in the case of Kerala, as far as the role of religion and caste is concerned as a kind of a major factor for political articulation. That is the, that what I call is the Shabrimala moment, which has happened in 2018, in the wake of a Supreme Court uh, verdict, allowing women of all ages Entry to the famous uh, hill shrine temple called Shabari mm-hmm. uh, because there was this uh, there was a prohibition of menstrual age women from entering that temple. That was a kind of a tradition in that uh, yes. in that in that temple, and the Supreme Court. In 2018, I believe 2018, the verdict has given that uh, this is a discrimination against women. It is the, against the constitutional principles of equality for mm. all people. And it is a gender discrimination and women should be allowed to enter the temple. So uh, immediately after the court gave the verdict, every political mm. party, including the BJP, Congress, and everybody has welcomed this uh, verdict and... Uh, said that it is one of those, what do you call gender equality and all kinds of things. But few days after that, the, 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 there was a kind of a opposition to the Supreme Court. I mean, the, government, the state government said that they will implement the Supreme Court verdict as in when the pilgrim season begins. Mm. But then soon the Congress as well as the BJP, Congress in Kerala as well as BJP in Kerala, they turned against the verdict and they said that it is against the Hindu interest and uh, mm-hmm. it is against the religious sentiments of the Hindus and they started a very virulent popular agitation against the whole verdict and the state government. So there was a in the 2018 pilgrimage season that you know that the Shabarimala pilgrimage season begins mm-hmm. around in the month of October and that uh, and then it uh, continues till December. And there was a kind of a street fighting between the police and this, those opposing the women's century and in between. Of course, I will say that the state government had handled the issue in a very, very, very stupid manner in the kind of the way they the, the, they have not made a kind of a... They tried to implement the whole verdict with the help of police. Mm. But I think that uh, it should have been more a kind of a creating awareness and all these things. Mm. And uh, there is another, apart from this gender, this thing, there was another equally important issue connected with the Shabatimala, that is the ecological issue. The ecological Mm. issue in the sense that Shabatimala temple is situated in the Western Ghats, and it is one of the most ecologically fragile regions in this whole Mm. uh, Kerala, uh, this thing. And uh, the kind of people during the pilgrimage season, the kind of people you know, the the, the hundreds of thousands of people are coming to that place, Mm -hmm. and whether it is ecologically sustainable to bring so many of the people in a short span of time so that is something which has been very seriously discussed and debated amongst the ecologically conscious people in the kerala so the state so the state government could have easily taken uh, i mean any state government or any responsible government or the court could have easily taken the ecological issues while considering the number of pilgrims that could go into that particular place, all these things. That could have made a kind of a secular argument altogether. But unfortunately, the CPM-led government or even the opposition parties or even some of the uh, feminists and all those activists who were advocating for the gender equality Mm. has completely forgotten this ecological angle and they, they went to this, approach the whole issue in a kind of a very mechanical manner, and that has mm. given a kind of a golden opportunity for the BJP to project it as a kind of a major assault against the mm. Hindus and uh, Hindu Hindu customs and traditions. And this has brought what else is that now there is no, there is no no restraint or no uh, this thing in openly. There's no cap uh, on or, that. Or uh, that uh, religious or caste and all these things. Mm. So there's no cap So that on is how cap. it. Yeah, it is like it never used to be like that. You know, yeah. the people at least you know all the we we always the 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 the, the Keralites are. I mean, we, we a lot of Keralites say that uh, we had the, we had a very very knack of concealing our caste and religious identity mm. in a, in, a, in a secular. I mean, couched in a kind of a secularism or socialism and all mm-hmm. these things. But behind the progressive veneer, there was always if you scratch the caste, the nair or the other uh, spirit will come mm. up. And now, even that veil, that that veneer of this thing, the progressive, this thing has been abandoned. Mm-hmm. And uh, we the, 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 the political discourse has come in a very, very crudely defined religious mm-hmm. and all other uh, terms. Okay, so my next question is
0: on the governments itself, since we're talking about uh, government structures now. So incumbent governments are, have always been outstead in Kerala, and I did a quick bit of research as well, and the last time uh, this trend was there, where a government came back to power twice, was 1977. Where yeah, I, yeah. So after, the after, yeah after, after the emergency. the, the after the, the emergency. emergency was lifted, yeah. So yeah. why has this trend emerged where like an incumbent never, government never lasts? Like it's always between the LDF and the UDF. And what significance will it hold now if the LDF comes back to power? Because right now the UDF it has a UDF's chance according to trends to come back to power.
1: See, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I think that the basic reason for the for the LDF coming back to power is what I say, mm-hmm. what I call as the Nine percent vote gained by the BJP during the last one decade, and uh, majority of that gain uh, is at the expense of the UDF, especially the Congress. Uh, mm-hmm. To be specific, I think that the, the the electoral matrix of the Congress party was uh, Congress or the UDF was basically comprised of the upper caste Naya votes, which the Congress used to command. And this uh, Indian Union Muslim League you, you uh, used to bring the chunk of the Muslim votes. And mm. then the the, the, the the Kerala Congress, that is a, another party which is mainly dominated by the Christian community in the Central Travango region and that brought the Christian votes. So that was the main electoral matrix of the UDF combination. So mm-hmm. out of this combination, the Congress which was having the major chunk of the Nair votes, especially in the or Cochin Belt, that substantial portion of the Naya road has now shifted their loyalty to the BJP. Mm. And that is one thing which may have which may have a major impact on the uh, Congress of Fortunes, the mm. UDF fortune. Along with this thing, another development is happening is that earlier. There was a kind of a Christian or the Muslim community, a major majority of the people, they were not very receptive to the idea of voting to a communist party. Now that that kind of, I mean, untouchability against the CPM is... Getting, 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 getting uh, over for the Christian or the Muslim mm-hmm. community. At least, a section of the Muslim or a Christian community now feels that there is nothing wrong in voting for a CPM or the left parties. Mm-hmm. So, CPM though yes part part uh, part of the CPM vote has also gone to the BJP. They are able to get a portion of the vote which they never used to get, especially from the minority communities. So the on a CPM is on a win-win situation, while the Congress has lost the votes which mm. it is not; it is unable to replace.
0: So speaking about like the left as well, uh, and and the UDF as well. Uh, so Rahul Gandhi has been. Actively been campaigning in, in Kerala from the dives that he has made in the Kerala waters as well, that we saw. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah
0: and all those pictures getting viral to all the campaign rallies he's been taking out. Uh, how important is this election for the Gandhis, uh, in your opinion? And what kind of ramifications does it host for the Grand Old Party?
1: I mean, there is, of course, a very, very um, soft corner for the Gandhi's in Kerala, and especially mm-hmm. towards the, 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 the Gandhi family, especially mm-hmm. amongst the Congress workers. Uh, the Nehru-Gandhi dynasty is held in high esteem by the Congress mm-hmm. workers. But, um, but Kerala is a state with a hardcore politics where mm-hmm. the political discourse or the political narrative is based on a kind of a hardcore political arguments. So mm-hmm. the Jumping into this uh, sea or the push-ups and all these things, of mm-hmm. course, it may have an it may create an impression amongst the youths or some of this uh, younger mm-hmm. generation. But on the whole, I don't think it is going to make cut much ice with the typical hardcore political voters mm-hmm. of Kerala. Yeah, and a setback for uh, UDF and Congress in Kerala. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have a serious ramification for Rahul Gandhi or the Congress leadership, which, mm-hmm. uh, because this is one state where uh, they could they could have easily. Done. I mean, all the mm-hmm. uh, all, all the all the circumstances were in favor of the Congress, yeah. because if you look at it in the 2019 Lok Sabha polls, Congress mm-hmm. won 19 out of the 19 seats. Yeah. 20 seats and uh, the Congress and the UDF was leading nearly 123 assembly segments of the 140 assembly segments. They were having a kind of an absolute uh, sway over the electoral. And uh, mm-hmm. within one year, they have squandered all that advantage. Mm-hmm. They couldn't build on it. And uh, and uh, maybe the role of Rahul Gandhi, I mean, will also be. Uh, also be under scrutiny when this kind of uh, when an evaluation is being made about mm-hmm. this uh, what what has happened to the congress during the last one year so that uh, so i think that this will have a serious issue especially if you look at this in the background of this uh, the the g23 group in the congress mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, demanding a kind of a mm-hmm. revamp in the organization and a kind of a democratic functioning within the organization and all these things. Something which I found very
0: interesting that you said earlier uh, was about it, about its current chief minister and how he's been uh, fighting or, or, take, or taking, uh, taking all the balls in, in this so-called tennis match of Kerala politics uh, himself and has been the face of his party so far which is also quite representative of how the BJP also functions uh, sometimes in elections where they have one single phase or so they use uh, Prime Minister Modi as a, as a phase for fighting elections and only him and escalate that phase to as a dominant uh, phase. So does the entry of the B- of the BJP complicate the matters for the LDF and the UDF? The BJP is obviously catering to a lot of the Hindu votes in the H- Hindu majority votes as well. So what steps has the BJP party taken recently to
1: boost its prospects in the state? And how significant are they? BJP is making a very concerted move to make its presence felt in Kerala. Mm. In the the whole strategic vision of BJP, I believe is based on two things. Mm. One is that they have already have a, 15% 15% vote, obviously that 15% is uh, mm-hmm. the Hindu votes. I don't think that the minority Christian or the minority Muslim will have a significant presence in that uh, 15%. Mm. So, but uh, BJP also faces a kind of a peculiar situation in Kerala, the the the, 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 the demographic profile of Kerala is posing a challenge mm-hmm. for BJP. Kerala's mm-hmm. demographic profile is that uh, it is nearly 56% of the population is Hindu Mm-hmm. And uh, 44% or 45% is comprised of the Christian and the Muslim minorities. Mm-hmm. So y- 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 a party which is unable to make much inroads into what is called a 45% of the population uh, of a state mm-hmm. uh, cannot hope to become a kind of a, political force in there. 85% the BJP can hope, you know, BJP can say that, you know, they can leave out the 15% Muslim votes on an yeah. All India framework. But in come to Kerala, this this specific issue use, is there. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, one of the senior most leaders of uh, BJP in Kerala, Oerath Gopal, who is the mm-hmm. uh, person who won the first uh, assembly election for the party in Kerala, mm-hmm. has candidly said these things. Two things he said. One is the Uh, demographic profile and the second is the literacy in Kerala. Mm -hmm. So with the literacy, the people are able to, I mean, take a kind of a critical look at the claims made by by various political parties, Mm -hmm. including the BJP. So so he specifically said, unlike in North India or other places, the people in Kerala have have a more kind of a critical Mm -hmm. approach towards the claims made by the political party. And of course, BJP is now making a concerted effort to make an inroad into the Christian community. Mm. And that is one strategic vision I think they are holding, they they have and they are making every effort to make a so so especially and they are using some of the local issues as well as some of the global issues for the purpose. So this Mm. is one area where uh, where BJP ho- is hopeful that they will be able to make a kind of a breakthrough. Breakthrough in the sense that, uh, especially when the Congress is uh, not having power at the center, mm. the, the 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 Christian church or the or the, the or, or the clergy may not have any incentive to be permanently mm. aligned with the Congress because. I mean, there are various kinds of uh, give and take with the political forces and mm. the established clergy of every religion takes place in this country. So if mm. you are not in power, what is the use of having a kind of a pali pali relationship with an old party? I mean? mm-hmm. So if if the state is with the communist and if the center is with the BJP, mm-hmm. all this uh, clergy, which used to have the support of the Congress earlier, and all these things, and mm-hmm. all these things are going to have a kind of a change in the coming days so mm. this election is going to be a kind of a major watershed in the whole uh, thing about the kerala because how mm-hmm. because if the ldf is going to win i mean then the how the how the congress led udf will survive mm. is a major question because some mm. of the congress leaders have already said already mm. openly said that if we don't win the assembly elections, the survival of the party will become a question mark in Kerala. Mm-hmm.
0: So my last question is that in your experience on reporting on Kerala politics in the past and elections also in the past, what is different about this assembly elections and what should people look out for? Is that, Because we're just five days away from the poll starting and it's only... Uh, Uh, There's only one phase of the entire polls. What is the one thing that people should look out for and what is different, glaringly different about this election?
1: One of the most uh, glaring thing about the election, I mean, election Mm -hmm. campaign per se is that, you know, of course, is the emergence of social media as the kind of a Mm -hmm. front set. The social media platforms uh, uh, and even the, what do you call this, broadcasting television channels uh, Mm -hmm they are the kind of an agenda setting, you know, agenda setting mm-hmm. thing. They will bring up one issue in the morning and then they will flag it on till the evening and all the political parties will be, mm-hmm. the whole discourse will be discourse will be around this media narrative. And unfortunately, because of this, the core issues of the, of the, of the state, the very serious issues uh, never gets, mentioned or never gets mm. the kind of attention it deserves to be. For instance, uh, the ecological issues. For instance, mm. the financial situation of Kerala. These mm. are all some of the very serious issues and uh, uh, and we don't have, I mean, it has not been uh, properly articulated by any of the parties. Mm. Kerala is on an ecological tipping point because I think that it is one of the states which is going to have a major impact of this what do you call the climate change and all these things. Because mm. the two back-to-back floods and the kind of the the, the dislocations in the mm. monsoon pattern, all these things shows that, you know, mm. we are we are into a serious ecological issues and we need a kind of a very, very long-term perspective plan mm-hmm. to address these issues. So similarly, mm. the economy of Kerala, our uh, remittance economy based on the SPAC workers in West mm. Asia, how long it will survey because it, okay. it all depends upon the Oil wealth in West Asia, and mm-hmm. if the oil itself is not going to be a wealth creator in the in the West Asia, mm-hmm. uh, people depending upon uh, on oil wealth uh, also will have a kind of a serious issue. And uh, we have a large chunk of population in Kerala. Uh, I mean, and the Kerala is one society in India uh, where the so-called demographic dividend is no more applicable because we are going to have uh, the maximum number of people over uh, over uh, about 60 years in India mm. and we are becoming soon becoming a kind of a geriatric society I think that if in the 2021 census data comes up I think that the number of people over 60 years will be uh, will be more than 10% of the total population so mm. what is the kind of uh, infrastructure we need to, because and our life expectancy in Kerala is I think 75 years or 76 years much above the mm. national average so, so these are all some of the very serious, critical issues that 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 calls for pushing and that calls for serious discussion and debate mm-hmm. within the during an electoral uh, uh, during an election. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, all these issues are completely ignored. And mm-hmm. the media narrative, I mean, one mm-hmm. of the fundamental thing which I I feel is that the, earlier the politician used to set the agenda for the media. Now the media is setting the agenda for the politician. Mm-hmm. And the politician is being led by the media. And whether the media is setting the agenda in its proper manner or the right agenda for the people is something that has to be seriously mm-hmm. looked into.
0: Okay. Well, sir, that's the end of my questions. But uh, thank you so much for your time and uh, so much for giving the an explanation and insight into what Kerala politics is. And I think the one thing I can take away from this is that I'm very much looking forward to, in five days, to watch and witness the most complex tennis match I'll ever see. I'll ever get to see okay. you. <laughs> but it was okay. talking to you.
1: Thank you, Hipa. Thank yeah. you for giving me an opportunity to. Uh, yeah. come to your podcast. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you very much,
0: sir. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Savan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequinn.com.
1: Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quints website and check out our other podcasts.